Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Terry Talks Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Clayton Terry. And I'm Ryan Terry. And like every year thus far, because y'all keep listening to these for some reason, we're breaking down the Oscars. In the past few years, it's just been me, but I'm very delighted to be joined by Ryan this year. Hello, I'm Ryan. I show up on these semi-frequently when I'm not busy and when I've actually watched movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've caught him on spring break, and I made him see the movie that swept most of the Oscars with me back last year, like literally a year ago. Yeah, I, we'll get to... We can talk about... I'm ex- really excited to talk about my thoughts on this one. I have a little bit of a um, a plan for this podcast. I haven't seen i've seen barely any of the movies nominated <laughs> but i am going to talk about the movies as if i've seen all of them love it and then you have to get you can go on my letterbox and figure it out <laughs> figure it out i guess but i am going to be uh just know that i'd say 95 percent of the movies i am talking out of my ass are, are you going to give any sort of indicator if you have actually seen a movie, like a little ding? <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to do that? And, unless you think that ruins the joke. <laughs> well, I will tell you that the movie that swept, I have seen. Yep. And everything else is a mystery. Okay. Well, I am 10 times more excited now that I understand what we're doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll talk about a little bit where I stand. So I'm not where I usually like to be, but I'm significantly better than Ryan. <laughs> As in you've seen more than two, maybe, movies? Yeah. Um, shh, no, don't spoil it. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I've seen all of the Best Picture nominees. I've seen... Outside of that, I've seen probably 50% of the nominees. I've seen most of what won, except the documentary feature and most of the shorts. I did watch Elephant Whisperers last night, though, and that was really lovely, so I'd recommend that, but we'll probably skip over those categories. (laughs) (laughs) Because life is busy, and nobody has time for movies, but... Yeah, tell me about it. What I did have time for was a a three-and-a-half-hour ceremony... Sunday night. Ryan, did you actually watch it by chance? Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> I've seen a lot of the clips after the fact. Nice. Um, but I didn't watch the whole ceremony. Mm-hmm. I was getting live updates uh, from my friend Carissa <laughs> about how well the movie that Sweet was doing. Um, and after the fact, I, you know, if I knew David Byrne was giving a performance, I probably yep. would have watched it live. Because mm-hmm. uh, I just it just slipped my mind. Um, but I've seen an okay amount of the ceremony up to this point. I just haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe that I also should have kept a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, ignore the fact that Ryan just said that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience watching it. And Ryan, you can fill in with the details of your viewing experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe I'm on record saying that last year's ceremony was the worst Oscar ceremony I have ever seen. And I've been watching these basically every year since maybe high school, Um, if not watching it live, watching a majority of the clips uh, afterwards. And last year, between the slap and 
a bunch of movies no one really cared about because it was still kind of COVID era being nominated and an awkward set of three hosts that also weren't the hosts and one of them was Amy Schumer who I don't like at all (laughs) um and also the one song performance I was excited for Megan Thee Stallion ruined completely that was the uh we don't talk about Bruno song oh that's right I forgot about that so I was going into this very much ready to hate watch it I had a I had a feeling that I would like almost all the movies that won um, but the ceremony itself, I was not necessarily excited for. And let me tell you, Ryan, I don't know if you experienced this while you were watching it live as well, but this might have been the best Oscar ceremony I've ever seen. Yeah, I think part of my joy with that was the movie that sweeped. Yeah. And like, because those are all also just people I love. And like, I love seeing interviews with them. I love hearing them talk about m- making the movie. I love hearing them talk about their careers and what they've done. And the fact that there was such a strong spotlight on those people in particular yeah. made the ceremony much more enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely always helps. Um, yeah, I mean, the movie that swept, I had a similar experience in the sense that like the movie that swept, uh, I really care about all those actors and it's my new favorite movie of all time. So I definitely felt good seeing all that but i think even just outside of that it was a really positive experience watching it i think a big part of that came from the original song performances so for those who aren't familiar or don't watch the actual ceremony each year there are five songs nominated for best original song in a movie and typically those artists will perform that song during the ceremony so the original songs this year included a very stripped down version of hold my hand from top gun maverick by lady gaga who i just love i still think she's probably one of the best vocalists in pop music period uh rihanna performed lift me up from black panther wakanda forever and david byrne and stephanie Shu performed uh this is a life from everything everywhere all at once me and ryan are both huge david byrne slash talking head talking heads fans and my favorite performance was Natu Natu from RRR. Uh, they performed that song and basically tried to mirror the dance sequence that's in the movie for it. And it was just like absolutely exhilarating, just as it is in the movie. And I was so excited to see all of these live, but that one in particular, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, this was a super strong year for um, for the original songs. Yeah. I feel like every year there's like one or if you're lucky too, that are really good and you're really excited to see you live at the ceremony. But here there were a good amount that I, I think, like not to not to, um, as much as I wanted David Byrne to win the award, I was very happy not to not to won. Oh, am I getting ahead of ourselves? <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Okay. Uh, I was very happy not to not to won because I love the Bollywood representation and that song is awesome and the sequence in the movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe it is the better song. So <laughs> I think one thing I was a little disappointed by was Mitski was supposed to perform with David Byrne and it just didn't work out. But mm. Stephanie, she was a great, great replacement. Yes. And I just, I love her so much. Like you could tell she was having so much fun the whole night, but especially in that moment, which was just lovely to see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the ceremony. Um, oh, I also think some of the, there were a couple cringeworthy gags in like the, 
cocaine bear bit. Um, I actually missed the whole opening monologue because ABC did not make it very easy to watch it this year, so we spent 15 minutes troubleshooting until my friend started a free trial of Fubo TV, and that's how we watched it. <laughs> Fubo. Yeah, I mean, I'll skip. I'm willing to skip 15 minutes of Jimmy Kimmel bantering. Yeah. To get to actual actual industry awards. Agreed. Yeah, but I think the bit he had at the end was funny where he walked off and it was Oscars without an incident and switched it to one. Um Oh yeah. That's what made that's what made the ceremony go smooth so smooth is Will Smith wasn't allowed to be there. <laughs> yeah. D- turns out he was the root of the problem every year, not even just last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they must have fixed it. I still sort of liked the no host format they had that one year. Yes. Um, yeah. I felt like that that was the best format to do. I mean, they still felt felt like having like what I don't even remember who came out at the beginning of that ceremony, but like two or three comedians come out and banter for fifteen minutes, um, which I don't know. Sometimes feels like unnecessary to me. I get I get having it, but having it be so long. Yeah. But you know, as as far as hosts go, and as far as ceremonies go, this was certainly one of the smoother more enjoyable ones mm-hmm. in a long time definitely and I, I remember that first year where they didn't have a host and i do think that was a good i think everyone was pleasantly surprised by how well that went but i do think it kind of went downhill from there and last year where they had like quasi hosts was like the worst version of that in my opinion yeah i totally agree i mean especially when one of them's amy schumer you're not exactly picking yeah. the the top top of the field you're not expecting much (laughs) yeah ryan of the many 2022 movies you saw last year were there any that didn't get any nominations that you wish you could have seen here um i wish the batman was nominated for cinematography yes that's a good one i I understand the oscars aversion to superhero films or action flicks in general with the weird exception of top gun maverick um but i felt the batman was a gorgeous film i think it's the best looking batman maybe um i think it's more it has sharper contrasts and more interesting use of lens and depth of field Mm -hmm. than even dark knight did uh i think those films are gorgeous but they're much more classically shot and conventionally shot whereas um the batman feels very personal and very gross and in your face um and i wish it was uh recognized for that by the academy otherwise i don't think anything is really jumping to my head i when the nominees came out i felt pretty happy with what was nominated i think maybe marcel the shell with shoes i would have been happy to see it get a best picture nod yeah uh but aside from that it was a it was a good nominee list I totally agree. I think overall, this year was really strong. I mean, looking at the Best Picture nominees, I loved or really liked all of the movies, except maybe Elvis, which I think was just fine. But like Triangle of Sadness, Top Gun Maverick, The Fablemans, Banshees of Inner and like all of those were in my top 20 of the year. So very happy to see that. Yeah, I was actually thinking Elvis is like the most ridiculous pick <laughs> out of all of them. I'm sick of the maximalist biopic being a shoe in for nominees yes. for best picture. Yeah. Like first it was uh Bohemian Rhapsody, 
and then now we've got Elvis, and I'm pretty sure there was something last year too that was in that biopic realm, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Rocket Man wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but it was nominated for some things. Oh, um, that's right. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of Rocket Man. Yeah, that's probably Rocket Man's probably the best of the three. Although I do have a very special place in my heart for Bohemian Rhapsody, even though I recognize it's not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think Weird should have been nominated over yes. uh, over Elvis. If that if there's one movie that I think could have gotten a nominee, just not because it. There's one category in particular where I think it really could have been, but maybe best original song. I was thinking original song. I would take out uh, Tell It Like a Woman from, or I would take out Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, which I think like nobody has seen uh, to put mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah, I, if anything, just because I feel like that movie deserves all the attention in the world. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, uh, very good list of nominees. Yeah. I agree. I think last year was so strong for movies, though, that a few of my favorites did get missed. So just to name a few, um, Nope, I think, should have been nominated for visual effects. The quote-unquote super, not supernatural, the quote-unquote extraterrestrial aspect of that film, purposely not spoiling much, just looks fantastic and totally wish that could have gotten some love. I think Decision to Leave should have been an international feature film. That's the latest from Park Chan-wook. It's like a romantic thriller, you could say. Um, And that was just amazing. Really sad that didn't get any love. Cha-Cha Real Smooth was one of my favorite written movies this year. And I probably would have given Cooper Wraith an actor in a leading role nomination. Um, But I I think the one that hurts the most is not having Inuo, which is this Japanese rock opera it's basically this friend who's like a bard befriends this cursed person and they slowly lift the curse over the course of the movie by basically singing about their dead homies (laughs) (laughs) and it was a mind-blowing experience seeing seeing that in theaters and it's been in my top like five top ten of the year the whole year even though i saw it in like march or april Um, So highly recommend that and not seeing that in animated feature film was not only a surprise because it was in for like other awards, um, other award ceremonies, but not this one. Uh, That was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I think it would have been nice to see Babylon get a nod somewhere. Um, I go back and forth with how much I I enjoyed that movie. It got some nominations because there's one category where I think it definitely should have won and did not. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. Mm hmm. And Actually, then, maybe a couple categories. And then I think Moon Age Daydream could have been in, although that's also like a more experimental weird film, but could have gotten a documentary nod, I think. Yes, I agree with that. That's that's a good point, too. I don't know which one I would have taken out. I have only seen Fire of Love, but Moon Age Daydream was really, really quite special in terms of like musician documentaries. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Should we get into the categories and winners? Yeah, let's do it. I know so much about this. (laughs) So what do you think? Should we, this would be kind of strange, but should we do the ones that aren't the one that swept and then just talk about the one that swept all at once? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, should we talk about that one, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once? Or, Um, Yeah, we could talk about everything, 
about the one that swept everywhere all at once. But maybe we'll do that after we talk about the other categories. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) So I'll probably skip over some of the smaller ones um, and let me know if there's one you want to talk about. Maybe because you just mentioned it, I think production design and original score both went to All Quiet on the Western Front. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a bad choice, but I strongly would have picked original score being Babylon. Um, I think I texted you last week, Ryan, like, I'm very torn on that movie. There are some aspects that I absolutely adore and some aspects that I do not like at all. But the score is phenomenal. Yeah, the score really is. The score kind of carries the film in some ways. <laughs> uh, especially the um, the sort of bebop piece you sent me, the dance bebop piece. Yep. is I, I'm blanking on the name of it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It like is adrenaline pumping and captures that like uh early nineteen uh hundreds like jazz debauchery that I think is when the movie shines at its best, you know? Like yeah. contract comparing the debauchery of the lifestyles of actors in the nineteen twenties and nineteen tens and onward to the craziness of the film industry at the time and i think the music really captures that in a perfect way and also like all of damien chazelle's projects i don't remember the music first man but all of damien chazelle's (laughs) projects have really great really memorable music definitely yeah i i think the song you're thinking of is coke room which just perfectly describes that whole score and the movie and like the exhilarating highs and the absolutely crushing lows that is like early hollywood yeah absolutely and i um i would have liked to have seen that gotten best score i think it's just based on what i'm remembering and the scores that i've heard this year yeah that's the only one that stands out to me of the nominees all five we both have seen so yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) since those both went to all quiet on the western front maybe we'll round out the oscars that one because it went home with the second most in the night with four so on top of production design and original score it also got international feature film and where is it i'm looking for the other 101 was this cinematography yes it was cinematography yeah thank you yeah i mean i think uh i'm very happy to see an international film getting the attention attention like this at the oscars uh the film looked great very mm-hmm. gritty so i'm I, i'm happy it got cinematography as much as i like the batman as much as i wish it was nominated i'm happy that that one won uh yeah yeah those two i'm not upset with um of what's nominated in international feature film i'm fine with all quiet on the western front winning um cinematography this year i actually thought it was a pretty weak category I haven't seen Bardot, but Empire of Light and Elvis are not great movies in my opinion, and Tar was very good, but I don't necessarily remember the cinematography. Bardot I haven't seen, but All Quiet on the Western Front, given the nominees and not having Batman in there, I'm comfortable. Or Athena, I hear, is also really good, but given what the nominees were, I'm comfortable with All Quiet winning. Yeah, seeing that Athena wasn't nominated, I haven't seen it, so I can say that I haven't seen that one. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, 
I've never been impressed by Baz Luhrmann. I think yeah. he's a pretty... I haven't seen Romeo and Juliet or Moulin Rouge, uh, but I really don't like Great Gatsby, and having that be my first experience with um, Baz Luhrmann has really turned me off of his style. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't... I, I personally don't get why he was nominated, but I understand that he is an impressive filmmaker. I just don't think that it serves... I think it's style over substance often i agree yeah i i've seen two or three of his movies at this point and i don't get it at all i don't really like his his style at all really i haven't seen moulin rouge but i did have a friend who was so embarrassed to be watching it that he turned it off halfway through so that kind of made me think it wouldn't be worthwhile yeah i have a friend right now who's obsessed with moulin rouge and has seen the state like has seen the stage musical like twice in one month wow yeah so maybe maybe it's great who knows yeah but i don't know i'm not i'm in no rush okay so a couple more technical categories um costume design went to black panther wakanda forever sound went to top gun maverick and visual effects went to avatar the way of water uh ryan what do you think of these three movies and the categories they each won i understand that avatar is an incredibly impressive film both the first one and the new one uh, i understand that they're technical marvels but i don't know i think uh the movie that swept should have maybe <laughs> sweeped a little more because i do think that should have won visual effects i i i was watching a top five list of video games from like 20 whatever the year mario odyssey came out so like 2018 2019 Yep. Um, and there was one thing the reviewer said where he's like, I liked Mario Odyssey, but putting Mario Odyssey in this award is uh, where I could be putting an indie game I equally enjoyed is like is unfair because Mario literally has an infinite amount of resources to make the best game possible, <laughs> which I don't know if I entirely agree with on principle. Yeah. Like if a good game, a good game's a good game, a good movie's a good movie. But I do think that the size of the team of the movie that we are not naming yet and how beautiful that movie is, how it looks like a major, like a big budget, looks better than big budget Marvel movies with a fraction of the budget and a fraction of the team should be commended. I think that that's an area of visual effects that should be commended more than the blockbusters that have essentially infinite money pushed into them. Interesting. Yeah, I actually think I disagree in the case of this year. I think maybe that as an ethos, I don't necessarily disagree with. But Top Gun Maverick, Avatar The Way of Water, uh, those are, and maybe even Black Panther, you could argue, those are still passion projects driven by, Mm -hmm. you know, one creative or a handful of creatives, either in, you know, Tom Cruise, Ryan Coogler, or uh, James Cameron. Avatar The Way of Water isn't a movie I loved, but I do think visually, similar to the first Avatar, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And I've seen some of the back backstage, no, behind the scenes clips of them shooting it and them actually having to shoot underwater and then do mocap underwater 
and then build upon that is just so fascinating and innovative. I think Kate Winslet now holds the record for holding her breath or something at like six minutes. Um, oh, free diving or whatever awesome. it's called. Yeah. So like, is Avatar The Way of Water my favorite movie? No. Would I have been fine with Top Gun Maverick winning visual effects? Probably, because I really, really enjoyed that movie. And its visual effects are more subtle because they did a lot practically, but, you know, essential to enhance the storytelling. Um, but, I mean, Avatar The Way of Water, it's hard to say that didn't deserve it, in my opinion. That's fair. I just, I think I like the... I think one thing about the ceremony I really enjoyed was the um, celebration of indie film that seemed to run through a lot of the nominations. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I was hoping for a little more, not more representation that way, but like, because a lot was given, but just like, just the uh, work of the Daniels or Daniels mm-hmm. <laughs> to be. Uh, congratulated in that sense they already got nominated they've already it's already agreed on that the film has amazing special effects but it just would have been nice to see i suppose yeah i mean it was basically a team of five right plus the daniels so that is very impressive Mm -hmm. and then costume design did we you said costume design right yep that went to black panther I think that's so fair i think that um there's kind of mrs harris goes to paris is the only movie that um i'll admit to having not seen this one <laughs> okay <laughs> but every other one i've seen <laughs> that's the one oscar movie i didn't get around to but yeah i mean hard to argue with any of the other ones uh i again i guess i just don't want elvis to win because i don't like what that movie stands for but <laughs> yeah uh the costumes were pretty good mm-hmm. i will say so Black Panther Wakanda Forever, that's easily my favorite Marvel movie um, since Endgame other than No Way Home. I think the rest of the Marvel movies have been pretty bad and they look bad, um, both costume design and visual effects wise. But Black Panther, I did really enjoy it. And something I think worth noting is that that costume designer, Ruth E. Carter is her name. She also won for the first Black Panther movie, and that makes her the first black woman to win two Oscars in any category whatsoever. So, Oh, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, so really excited for her and those movies. Very sad that it took this long to get to that point, but that was a cool little piece of history that was made last night, or Sunday night. Yeah, I think I think Black Panther probably deserved it of the options here like babylon had good costume design but nothing like crazy in my head in the way that black panther or everything everywhere all at once has oh sorry in the way that the movie that we'll talk about later has yeah all at once we'll talk about it yeah everywhere yep we'll talk everything about it yep (laughs) (laughs) hot dog fingers okay so <laughs> the three more categories because we already talked about rrr and not to not to maybe i'll just say real quick if anyone hasn't seen that movie i know ryan has because he's seen all the movies that were nominated yes, I've seen except all the mrs movies harris that were nominated. um goes to paris. 
Goes to Paris, Mrs. Harris. <laughs> Mrs. Minch goes to Paris. Minch Yoda. I'll put a link to that in the show notes for anyone who hasn't doesn't know what we're referring to, which is probably all of you. <laughs> RRR, if my favorite movie of all time didn't come out this year, RRR would so easily be my favorite movie of the year. It's not because my favorite movie of all time came out this year, <laughs> but it is phenomenal and it has such good action, such good songs as demonstrated. Um the like bromance between the two guys is amazing. The themes of like anti-colonialism is so great. I just if you haven't seen RRR yet, it's on Netflix. Watch it and then watch it again and then watch the clips on YouTube and then DM me on Instagram that you watched it because it is <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, that probably also could have been nominated for Best Picture. It would have been really cool if a Bollywood film was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, so actually it's technically Tollywood because it's a different area of India. But Oh, my bad. That's very similar. Showing. <laughs> no, you're fine. Very similar filmmaking. Uh you know techniques obviously mm-hmm. cool so the three other categories i want to talk about a little bit are actor in a leading role best animated feature film and writing for adapted screenplay so those went to brendan fraser in the whale uh guillermo del toro's pinocchio and women talking uh respectively so ryan what do you think about these sort of these winners I'd like to talk about animated feature film for a second, because this is probably the best I've ever seen this category be. Yes, um, 100% agree. <laughs> it's it's incredible. I mean, like, Guillermo del Toro is an absolutely incredible director and a visionary and should be commended in every way for his achievements in filmmaking and his visual mind and everything. Super happy Pinocchio won if for Guillermo del Toro to get even more credit. Um I'd love to have seen the Marcel or Marcel the Shell with Shoes to win. Um, that is an adorable movie and maybe also should have been nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Puts in Boost, The Last Wish would have been what I assumed would win based on how well loved that movie has been. Also very good. Yeah. Uh, and then Turning Red uh, is probably the one I would have the other one I was expecting to win, and in some sense, it is a good movie, but in some sense, I'm happy it didn't win because this category has been the Disney slash Pixar category for years. Yep. And seeing a like art house director with a really interesting visual style and take on Pinocchio win is incredible, and I'm super happy about it. And yeah, this was an awesome category. Yes, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I 100% agree. Um, yeah, Pinocchio, it's not my favorite movie in this category, but it is a astonishing technical achievement, what they were able to do with stop motion for that movie, um, and just kind of the retelling of Pinocchio in general and bringing in Del Toro's consistent anti-war themes was really, really rewarding to watch. Um, I haven't seen Sea Beast, but I've only heard good things. That's on Netflix. Turning Red, I had a blast with. I still sing the song by four town in that movie that was written by Billie eilish and her brother <laughs> <laughs> maybe that should have been nominated for a song 
oh yes oh and then we could have seen billy perform at the oscars again oh that would have been awesome um but yeah puss in boots the last wish and marcel the shell are both in my top 20 of the year puss in boots is like another great reinterpretation of the spider-verse animation and it's just filled with heart and the light fun that you would expect from that sort of a movie and highly highly recommend it um but marcel the shell with shoes on is so moving and emotional that and a couple other movies this year including the one that swept i like immediately bought on blu-ray as soon as soon as i could because i just want to show it to everyone i love um so that winning would have been really nice but this is a category where it's hard to be mad at any win yeah i'm also loving the a24 representation across the oscars right now yes yeah it's i love i mean it's like it's not cool in the way that it used to be to say that you love A24 because literally everyone loves A24. Everyone's seen Hereditary. Um, yep. It's not a surprise, but they just are the most interesting uh, high-profile studio. And I, I don't think that that's a controversial statement. I think um, especially when it comes to like indie studios, they just have the most acclaim and the most... Uh, eyes on them i'm not gonna go out there and say that they're the best indie studio period because yeah. i don't if uh i don't know enough about what films are coming from what studios but i know every time i see an a24 like in a trailer for something or see that they announce something i'm excited because their output uh, the quality of their output is so high yep so yeah i'm i'm very happy to see them get oscar noms left and right I totally agree. I mean, do you remember like going to see The Witch and it's being like, oh, here's this cool new horror indie movie that's supposed to be really good. I guess at that point, A24 was only like three or four years old. Um, but yeah, just seeing where they've come from, you know, that era to now, basically sweeping the Oscars between The Whale and um, the other movie that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the films that don't get nominated, the more weird ones like uh anything with that Ari Aster does um yep. I loved Green Knight we've talked about that mm-hmm. actually we probably I don't know if we have talked about it on the podcast before I don't know if we have but it's very good and I yeah. don't think that got Oscar nominations but it definitely should have in like cinematography oh yeah that film's gorgeous and and um yeah there's oh uh Jordan Peele as well I don't think his movies are A24 oh is it not ah never mind then get out might be but then he created his own studio so i don't think Mm. us or nope is i know those aren't yeah those movies suck then (laughs) 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 moving on to actor in a leading role this went to brendan fraser from the whale as i mentioned uh this is one of those situations where i'm very glad he as a person got it because he seems like super cool and down to earth and it's great to see him returning to hollywood But The Whale, I thought, was a pretty bad movie, to be honest. And I don't even think he's great in it. I think Hong Chao is probably the best part about that movie. And she was nominated for actress in a supporting role, which was good. But regardless, it still felt really, really nice to see him on stage accepting that award. Yeah, I I think when people, I think people were more excited to see Brendan Fraser get it than see The Whale get it. Although there has been this fascination that I've noticed, even when people I'm friends with who aren't like uh, cinephile letterbox users, 
there's been this fascination with the whale and i think that's in part because brendan fraser is a very likable person yep and him returning and getting an oscar is awesome it's awesome to see that it was kind of a shoe in like i don't know if anyone else if i was expecting anyone else to win Mm -hmm. but i am glad he won despite mixed opinions on darren aronofsky's choices yeah as as a as a director and the way that he shoot the way that he frames brendan fraser in the whale yep i would have loved to have seen colin farrell win too and i actually think that's my favorite performance of this category but hopefully he'll have his time because he's been nominated well actually i don't know if he's been nominated a couple times but this year he had an amazing run in movies so um you know it'd be cool to cool to see that maybe come to fruition next year or later on that's really high praise because i feel like every time you bring up colin farrell you hate him (laughs) yes yes so that's what happened this year is i went from despising him and i don't even really know why i think it's because he was in a few movies that i hate and he has a very punchable face but this year i think it's the face yeah this year he's in the batman and is completely unrecognizable as the penguin (laughs) he's in after yang where he plays like this emotional very poignant father figure who's trying to deal with the loss of an android that was basically taking care of his daughter for him and then in the banshees of inner he is absolutely phenomenal as like this dumb annoying friend (laughs) (laughs) who like actually has a very very dark side when you wrong him and there are several i saw that movie alone but there were still several mo- moments where i laughed out loud just because he's so good i mean the whole movie's good but him in particular is really something special <laughs> yeah i i think um seeing martin mcdonough i haven't seen three billboards in a long time i remember liking it but i feel like my opinion might be different if i come back to it i hope uh, so regard- <laughs> well regardless coming back him coming back and making a film as good and as interesting and with such an interesting premise as Banshees of Inishira is awesome. Yeah, I still, uh, there are a couple of quotes from that movie that I still quote. And I'm not going to do it now because I'll just edit it out. But sometimes I do them around the house in an Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one I want to talk about before we get on to, you know, everything else all at once um is writing for adapted screenplay so i think i say this every year but i believe the two most interesting categories are writing for adapted screenplay and writing for original screenplay particularly original i think if you really want to know the five best movies of the year look in that category but looking at adapted screenplay i'm really happy that sarah polly got this for women talking that movie is exactly what its title claims (laughs) it's basically all just women sitting around a table talking but the dialogue is so like whip smart and effective in what it's trying to do thematically and it's not necessarily an easy task to pull off to keep that engaging you know movies like 12 angry men make it look easy but this was just a really great example of you know one of those dialogue heavy movies yeah, I've definitely seen this one. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was well written. 
Have you at least seen Glass Onion, which was also nominated? Oh, yes. Oh, no. I just, I, okay, uh, this is a weird aside. I heard mixed things about Glass, on- Glass Onion, and I think there was a point in my life where I would have immediately have watched it when it came out. But yep. then, like, I think particularly Ethan said he really didn't like it. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it at some point. And then it just got on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Weird aside, we were going to, we had a family, uh, family trip to the theater, like the only one this year. Yep. And we were between Glass Onion and Bones and All. <laughs> and I'm glad we went and saw Bones and All. Um, I actually think maybe that should have been nominated for some, I don't know what though. I just enjoyed that movie. Maybe adapted screenplay could have been a cool, cool category for it. I'm fine um, with taking out Top Gun Maverick for Bones and all. I don't really know why Top Gun Maverick is in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, I think maybe for a family trip, definitely pick a family movie. Definitely pick Glass Onion over Bones and all. <laughs> if Disagree. You're mom, if you're getting your parents and your, <laughs> if you're getting your family involved. <laughs> Take them to see Maybe. a cannibal romance movie. That's true. I loved it. But, you know, I might have been the only one. I was the one who wanted to see it the most, and I think I liked it the least of all of us. I think so, too. Because even our moms were like, no, I, I liked it. Like, some parts were weird, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I think we all agreed the ending was weird, but... Yes, yeah. Yeah, I did enjoy that movie a lot, and I love um oh god i'm blanking on his name uh suspiria call me by your name oh (laughs) luca guadagnino yeah uh i love him i love suspiria a lot that's the only movie that i thought about leaving the theater for a second because it freaked me out so badly Mm -hmm. um and i love call me by your name one of my favorite movies up there uh so any represent any any movie he makes i'm seeing yep so I'm looking forward to going back and revisiting his whole filmography because I've only seen the recent three movies, but I've at least appreciated, if not loved, all of them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Is it time? I think it's time. I think it is... Uh, I, I was going to try and make that a, a joke based on a title, and I couldn't come up with anything fast enough. Wow. Pretty. You should probably be embarrassed. Just just say what it won. Just say what it won. (laughs) So the main story of Oscars night in 2023 was the absolute domination of me and Ryan's favorite movie of 2022, Everything Everywhere All at Once. So just to run through what it won, it won a total of seven awards. Best writing for original screenplay. Best directing. Best Actress in a Supporting Role with Jamie Lee Curtis. Best Actress in a Leading Role with Michelle Yeoh. Best Actor in a Supporting Role with Kiwe Kwan. Best Film Editing. And Best Picture. Now, Ryan. Yep. Were you a Cape Blanchett stan? Are you disappointed by this? Did you want Tar to win? Yeah, I mean, I was really rooting for Cape Blanchett. I thought she was great in Woman Talking. <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 tar but yep <laughs> uh 
this was, I mean, this is the part of the podcast where it becomes an everything everywhere all at once podcast instead of yeah. an Oscars podcast. Mm-hmm. Because I think Clayton and I, this is Clayton's favorite movie. This is probably my second favorite movie ever. And I feel like I have to say that on a technicality because it's unfair to rank anything alongside Scott Pilgrim because I just grew up with Scott Pilgrim. I was nine years old the first time I saw it. Yeah. Like, very difficult for any movie to affect the way I view film in the way that Scott Pilgrim has. Mm-hmm. But I love this movie. I think it is... I haven't seen a movie this special, maybe ever, like this interesting and intricate and complex and funny and fun daniels have called it a gross mess like group hug of a movie (laughs) and that's what it is it is incredible and just experiencing it in a movie theater with people it wasn't a packed theater it was a good it was like we saw it on like a what was it like a friday night or something yep it wasn't a packed theater, but just having other people, having bodies around and mm-hmm. experiencing it, I think there was this, like, this is special. Like, this is one you only make once one of this movie ever exists. Yep. And it cannot be redone. That's what everything everywhere all at once feels like to me. And the fact that it won all these awards and got nominated for even more makes me so happy. Like I can't, I cannot stress how much this movie means to me. The time I saw it in my life, the things that I think it's done and is going to do for filmmaking in the future, is staggering. Yeah, I've. It has become very hard for me to talk about this movie without getting emotional. That's how much it means to me. I'm like already getting emotional, (laughs) but it's just like, I think it's it hits me so deep to my core because it feels like it's exactly my philosophy on life yes we are sacks of like this organic goo and we come from monkeys and we're floating on this weird small rock in a largely completely lifeless universe that is indifferent towards our existence and because of that it makes sense to think nothing matters but i would argue that because of that all that matters is us all that matters is you and me and our loved ones and the random people you pass on the street and the people you know at work and just every person you come by because all we have is each other a quote from waymond on top of the uh i would have loved to have done laundry and taxes with you quote that sticks with me is you think because i'm kind that it means i'm naive and maybe i am but it's strategic and necessary. This is how I fight. And the directors have talked about how they wanted to make John Wick, but for kindness. And I didn't realize that is what I needed in life. Maximalist cinema that is stupid and hilarious and bonkers and reminds you of the music videos they used to do for LMFAO, but is at the same time the most touching portrait of being a person that I've ever seen and walking out of this movie I was like not only is this my new favorite movie of all time and no dish to Scott Pilgrim because that is very very special to me and always will be but like it's not even close that's how much I love this movie and I think that it's a movie where the less you know going into it the better yep like it really is 
unique and it really is like nothing else and when people ask me what the movie is about i say it's about an asian american family with a struggling who own a struggling laundromat business yep and that's the truth like that is what the movie's about (laughs) but it's just it's about so much more and it gets to its conclusions in such interesting and weird and fun ways and it is like at first, you're like, wow, hot dog fingers. That's so funny. And like, <laughs> Why am I crying? You yep. know, that's like, yeah, I, I, I had one night where, for whatever reason, I was upset. Um, and I took a bottle of wine. It was like half a bottle of wine. And I drank it. And I was watching this movie alone in my room over the summer. And I was just bawling. Yeah, by the end, I was just in tears. I was wine drunk and in tears. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a Phoebe Bridgers album. <laughs> it was like, oh, it just did something to me. That's that's the power of this movie. It just, just, yep. yeah. I don't know if you haven't seen it. There's nothing I could say that could convince you to watch it that the movie doesn't say better on its own. Yeah, I think to your point of like going in blind. Um, I've seen this, I saw this in theaters twice and both memories I'm going to totally cherish because the first time I went and saw it with my boyfriend, Alfred, and my best friend, uh, Bova, both have been on the podcast and, um, me and Alfie had seen the trailers together. So we knew what we were getting into and knew that it was getting a lot of circuit hype, but Bova, I texted beforehand and I was like, Hey, are you cool with seeing this movie? I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Just trust me. Just you, you know I'm a cinema I'm a cinema person. Just trust me, and he did, and he knew absolutely nothing. And being able to share that experience with both of them, especially someone going in completely cold, and you know we're all crying, laughing with the butt plug scene, and then all crying tears by the end of it. I think that is just so special. And then the I immediately saw it the next weekend because I was coming home, and all of my friends at home and Ryan, I was like, we have to go see this. And just the joy that we all shared watching it and then talking about it afterwards. Both of those moments are like some of my favorite mov- moments in, you know, watching movies since I started caring about them. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny we we're talking about Scott Pilgrim because I said this before. But the way the movie ramps up in intensity and the way you think it's going to be about one thing and then it ends up about being and presenting something completely different. Yep. I think that is pretty similar to the feeling I have with Scott Pilgrim, where Scott Pilgrim doesn't do that emotional gut punch in the way that everything everywhere else does. Yep. Uh, and I also went into the movie knowing only that it was that there was a multiverse aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And I think I knew that because there was like a cheeky box office article about how multiverse movies were taken over the box office because it was Doctor <laughs> Strange and everything everywhere all at once. And I yep. was like, oh, okay, I guess I know what the movie's about now. Or not about, because it's obviously not only what it's about. But, like, that wasn't the biggest deal in the world to me, going and knowing that. But mm-hmm. when I showed it to my friends, I was definitely like, this is a movie about a struggling laundry- a family with a struggling laundromat. And it was the watching the surprise on their face <laughs> as it just devolved into chaos was, like, pure joy pure ecstatic mm-hmm. joy and like the love and the reverence it has for normal people and telling the stories of normal people in grand and cinematic and crazy ways mm-hmm. uh, and how small the budget was and how small the team was 
Like, when I look back on it, I guess this, like, I guess the sets aren't too crazy. Like, most of it's in an office building. Yep. But the visual effects are gorgeous. The way that they use locations is incredible. The cast is, the principal cast is small. I think it's four or five actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. And it's like so perfectly utilized. I think if there's one thing about the Oscar sweep that is like in my head, I'm like, oh, is it Jamie Lee Curtis? Is it Stephanie Hsu? I Based on the performance in the film, I think, uh, how do you say her name? I'm sorry. I think I said uh, it wrong. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, you're right. Stephanie Hsu. Stephanie Hsu. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think... As much as I love Jamie Lee Curtis and it has illustrious of a career she has had, I sort of wish it went to Stephanie Hsu because based on like the performance in the film, I think Stephanie Hsu brought her all to it. And yeah. I don't think anyone else could have pulled off a performance like Jobu Tabaki mm-hmm. like Stephanie Hsu did. She has that fun she has the fun charisma, the sinisterness, the like like, the entire time I'm watching her, I'm like, she's having a blast. Yep. Like, yeah. It, it's just... Of course, that's splitting hairs. I'm happy that... I would have been happy if either of them won. Mm-hmm. I am happy that one of them won. It's just, the performances are stupid good. Agreed. Yeah, it's... um, I would agree with you that if I'm going solely on performance, I would pick Stephanie Hsu. But I think often the Oscars are sort of a lifetime achievement award as well. And Jamie Lee Curtis has just been feeding us her whole lifetime, you know, from Halloween in 1978 to, you know, Knives Out in 2018. And this movie, she is good in this movie. You know, is it her best performance? No. Is it the best performance in the movie? No. But seeing her on stage made me so happy. And Stephanie Hsu is so young. I have no doubt that she'll be nominated again. Yeah, and I guess, like, Jamie Lee Curtis does give a standout performance in this film, but everyone gives a standout performance in this film. Yes. Like, that's the hard thing. And I'm so happy both of them got nominated. I don't know how often that happens, that two people in the same movie get nominated. Two people get nominated for the same movie in the same category. Yeah, not super often. Yeah, so I'm just happy they both got nominated at all, but... I kind of went into this Oscar ceremony before the noms being like, well, I don't know. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a weird movie. And it's like, you know, it doesn't really appeal to the Oscar base in the way that like Oscar bait, like it's not Oscar baby at all. No. And so in my head, I was like, well, maybe it'll get nominated. It'll definitely get nominated for some things, but it probably won't sweep and it probably won't win Best Picture. And then as the ceremony was going on, I was like, oh, okay, it's either going to go to All Quiet on the Western Front or Everything Everywhere All at Once. And then yep. by the time they won Best Directing over, like, Spielberg, I knew <laughs> that there was no way they'd lose Best Picture. Because, like, that's a statement. Like, making this movie Best Picture is a statement. And I'm sure next year it'll be another Green Book. But, like, with this film and with Parasite and I don't even remember what won, won last year. <laughs> Coda. Oh, Okay. That's also kind of Oscar baby. It is, yeah. But still, I hope that the Oscars are in a more intra- interesting trajectory, at least. Yep. 
I, I understand that, like, the Oscars and Grammys are going to award and nominate things that make films look good. Like, this is, but, and, but this is a movie that makes the medium of movies elevated by its existence. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be awarded for that. Definitely. I agree. I think that's really well put. Yeah, I, I feel like the Oscars are always one for you, one for me. You know, you have a Moonlight and then you have a Green Book. You have Parasite and then you have No Man Land. Not saying No Man Land is bad, but it's like the popular beloved movie and then the old Academy picking what they think is most interesting. Yeah. And it's like when I say most like what makes movies look good, what I mean is what makes the movie industry look good. Yep. More like a Fableman's. Yeah. Like a Fableman's makes the movie industry look, look great. You know, it's like a career director recounting like his personal story in as grand of a fashion as he can. And then it went to this weird movie with hot dog fingers and butt plugs. <laughs> and yeah. like, I think that that's like so incredible. I think that that is really exciting. It is. Yeah. It makes me excited about what, the Oscars could mean going forward. Like, are they actually going to give it to the best movie of a given year? And it seems like, you know, more and more they are doing that. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. And I'm sure the discourse now will be hell. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm already dreading it of like, just, you know, actually this movie's kind of overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, at, by the point that it was getting a theatrical release, I think it was the, just so everyone knows, I liked this movie first, like, <laughs> yeah. era of, of the film, and then now it's going to get to, like, a, actually, should Elvis have won? <laughs> you know, Boss Lerman doesn't get the credit he deserves. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's underrepresented. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if there's no, if you haven't seen Everything Everywhere All at Once yet, you should, and I don't know what's stopping you aside from is it on a streaming service yet? I don't know. It might be on like it, a HBO or Paramount Plus or something. If it's not by the Blu-ray, like you will not regret spending $20 on this movie and that way you can watch it forever. It's back in theaters actually some places, so. Oh, oh, then go see it in theaters. Yeah, check your local art house theater. And this is just something we don't ever say, but support your local theaters, Uh, not necessarily the Regals or the AMCs, although they're dying too, but your local (laughs) art house theaters that contribute a lot to the culture of your city. Yeah, and like those are the places you're going to see not just the most interesting films, but also the most interesting cinematic experiments. Like, I I really appreciate when theaters have the, um, like they broadcast or they they show film stage plays or mm-hmm. short film do they do short film festivals they do uh animation festivals anything like that uh concert films when they show concert films i love there being a place where films get to explore that side of cinema and that side of um filmmaking which often doesn't get uh the credit it deserves yep agreed yeah, as we're as we're kind of wrapping up, I'll just say I'm just I'm so grateful to have seen Michelle Yeoh, Kiwi Kwan, and the Daniels in particular take that stage and accept their award because I think the Daniels are so charismatic and thoughtful, um, and you could tell by their speeches and how they chose to 
break generational trauma in their speech and you know talk make it slightly political and like talk about the importance of drag and how it's not a threat and all all they accomplished in their like 45 seconds that they got and i mean michelle yo has just been a titan of cinema and kiwi kwan's story getting to this point is just both of them are are very special people in the industry and seeing them being recognized by their peers and and the whole world is something that i really cherished yeah i mean kei kwan is by far like probably the person i'm most happy to see win an oscar yeah at this point in his career and with a, a performance and a story as good as his like this being a comeback for him is so exciting uh and then yeah michelle yo is amazing i think everyone knew that before going into everything everywhere all at once but it's just awesome to have that confirmed and then the daniels seem just like the that the most fun people in the world there i bet their sets are insane to be yeah. on i would uh i'm so happy because they just seem like goofy friends that sort of not accidentally fell into because that makes it sound like they aren't incredibly good at their craft which they are mm-hmm. but in the sense of like the this like height of this movie taking them by surprise it seems like they sort of their talents allowed them to fall into a place where they're getting best picture award and best directing award and premiering their films at South by Southwest and Toronto film fest and whatever else Mm -hmm. they get to go speak at. And I think that that's just like, like before this, they made Swiss army man and death of Dick long, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like who gets to have the credits that they have and come out of it on the other end with an Oscar. Not to say that those aren't great movies, because I haven't actually seen either of them. Um, I'm sure they are. I'm sure yeah. Swiss Army Man especially is great. Um, but they're weird. Yeah. They're very weird, and they're very much not for the voting body of the Oscars. Exactly. And in some ways, this movie is too. Like, there really is nothing like this movie, and I don't <laughs> think there will be anything like this movie for a very long time. Yeah. I think its win is a testament to two things. One is just how much it can speak to all different types of people. Like I've heard people, older women say like, this is a movie about menopause. And the directors have been like, well, we didn't think of that once when writing it or shooting it, but you're totally right. It can be about menopause. Like it, that is in the text. Um, and just seeing the way people are pulling themes from it because it is so dense and so rich has been really a testament to how universally how ubiquitous it is and then also just the diversity measures that the academy's taken in the last decade or so um because you know it's not great now in terms of diversity but it was way worse and um you know in some regards they listened and made it younger made it you know more people of color and i think that shows in what has won over the past 10 years including this movie yeah, and, you know, there's no way. It's incredibly hard to take the Oscars and predict what they're going to be like n- next year or the years after based on what wins. It's an institution with its own agendas and its own voting body and how much that voting body fluctuates, we aren't really privy to. But I do, this does give me hope that there's 
the institution is going to be more diverse, more interesting, celebrate more interesting films. It gives me hope that other institutions will follow suit, although that that doesn't have that is probably the least likely thing in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love for the Grammys to get an everything everywhere all all at once style win, but I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> hundred Gex, you never know. <laughs> yeah, Hundred Gex best album. <laughs> album of the year. Oh, that would be incredible. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It would be nice to see this this trend carry elsewhere. Everything everywhere all at once really is the hundred gex of <laughs> the film industry. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think one thing I'll say to kind of wrap this up on my end, um the one thing that sucks about a movie sweeping even though I wouldn't have it any other way is that a lot of great movies go home empty-handed. So just a couple great movies you should check out that we didn't necessarily talk about in detail because they didn't win anything. Um, the Fablemans, Spielberg's latest movie. I saw that at TIFF and was very moved by it. Highly recommend. Tar is amazing and Kate Blanchett gives arguably the best, maybe second best performance of the year. Triangle of Sadness, if you saw the menu and were unsatisfied, that is... Triangle of Sadness is a much better critique on class and is much more thoughtful. After Sun, Paul Mescal was nominated, but that's all the love it got. Uh, that movie didn't resonate with me as much as it did other people, but I still highly recommend it. And yeah, uh, some of the other ones we mentioned, like Banshees of Inner and Marcel of the Shell with Shoes On, those are all ones I'd check out if you've already seen Everything Everywhere all at once a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having seen all of those movies, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Glad we're in alignment. Yeah. I will say, Ryan, you, you talked really thoughtfully given you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Just kidding. He only saw that and the whale. Yeah, those are the two that I saw. <laughs> I have an anecdote where I was uh, during my birthday my mom and i went to pf chang's and she was really trying to get me to go see the whale on my birthday and i was like mom with all due respect and i do want to see the whale that sounds absolutely fucking miserable is <laughs> <laughs> going to see that movie on my birthday i think i would have not enjoyed it at all i can think of few movies that would be worse birthday watches yeah i i'm i'm glad i shot that one down <laughs> I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you got out of that. Yeah, I'm glad I watched the whale at a different time. Yes, in the in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, alongside everything, everywhere, all at once, which I definitely saw. Yes, and I definitely saw <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yep. If one thing's for sure, it's that Ryan has not seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I definitely didn't see it. I didn't know that movie existed before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this did. was a real surprise to me. It was a real surprise that I missed one, you know? <laughs> you know, it always happens. One slips through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really miss doing this, and I hope, you know, you have some availability in your schedule that this is the beginning of getting back into this and not uh, a one-time thing, because this is, this is so fun. Yeah, I love doing it. I mean, we've already talked about plans for future episodes. So we've talked about doing an Andor episode, 
Yep. Because Andor is, uh, I'm going to say it as a little spoiler for the podcast, the best Star Wars related thing since Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I would agree. We've talked about doing a Last of Us episode, the TV show, the HBO show, mm-hmm. um, as a sort of sequel to our Last of Us Part 2 uh, podcast. And then we also talked about doing a Succession episode once season, the last season is fully out and we've watched it because Succession is one of the best shows on TV. And if you aren't watching it, then that is uh, a mistake. Everyone, everyone in this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) hey, you are, (laughs) I will be caught up to watch the finale. I want to be caught up to watch the premiere that might not happen, but I'll try and be caught up for the finale. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible show. If you love watching rich people be fucking terrible and unenjoyable in every way, but in the like most fun comeuppance kind of way, <laughs> then yeah, Succession is the best. Is like one of the best shows on television right now. Mm-hmm. And because Ryan mentioned it, and a lot of people are probably riding some Last of Us withdrawal, uh, I would really recommend our podcast that we did last year or two years ago. I think two years ago at this point, oh, because God, it was two years ago. Yeah, or a year and a half. In terms of the analysis and um, kind of storytelling critiques, not that we were necessarily critiquing it, but just reviewing it, that's one of the podcasts I'm most proud of. I, I think we offered some great insights into the themes of that game, so highly recommend it. Yeah, I also would uh, recommend the FMA podcast. Yes, um, yeah. Because I think that that was that's a really special podcast to me because it really like i don't know if there's a piece of media that's touched me as like fma has and whenever i get the fix to watch fma i listen to our podcast on it and i think like this is really good analysis on the show that's the bottle up of having five years to think about it and no one to talk about it yeah um so yeah definitely check that out too and we'll do more, I'm sure. Well, we'll ha- we have to since Andor is so fucking good. Cool. Well, thank you very much again, Ryan. This was great. Yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast that we co-host, but more often than not, you host. <laughs> hey, it's taken many forms over the years, but what matters is that we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, would we like to go into plugs? I'm in a band called Beach Tower. We just started recording some more, so if you want to Follow us on Instagram and check out music on whatever streaming service you use. Um, we're most active on Instagram, but we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, that would be awesome. I'm also in a band called Violent Graffiti. There's stuff in the works there as well. And both Instagrams will have information on if we're playing live and where and when. I released a solo album in back in January called Daydreamers. It was a super fun project i'm very happy it's finally out in the world if you want to check that out that's daydreamers under ryan perry on whatever streaming service you use nice i can highly highly recommend ryan's new album daydreamers it's very very good thank you i don't have a lot going on so i'll just recommend my latest project rrr you can see it on netflix um that was really really special to be a part of really glad that i got some representation last weekend at the oscars so yeah, yeah. Really, give, give that really a watch shocked. i was really shocked that you found time out of your busy schedule to go to india and shoot a musical a three-hour-long musical i thought that was really um impressive yeah 
And you you just showed that you did watch it because it is in fact a three hour musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, it was nominated for an Oscar, so I had to have watched it. <laughs> that is how I would describe it—a musical. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan, and thank you for listening. I'm Clayton Terry. I'm Ryan Terry. And this is Terry Donks. <laughs> so two. It's organic. <laughs> 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 <laughs>